Blog Talk Radio. Introducing in the red corner, American Tennis! And introducing in the blue corner, your host for American Tennis, Mr. Chuck Reese! Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get in the game. And good morning and welcome once again to American Tennis. This is Coach Chuck Creasy and we've got another great program today for you and we want you to stay tuned for the next hour. Uh, You folks, parents, coaches, teachers, um, we've got a lot of uh, experience here talking about the things we do today. You know, what experience uh, we will be able to share with you. Uh, That's another matter, but we're going to get right down to it here. And um, I always say, starting out the programs, that our job is stand up, speak out, say the things that need to be said. We will address issues. We don't address people. Stay professional. We can say whatever we need to say. Nobody will find fault with that. But we need to get past just cliches and facts, and we got to go to opinions and, and some more depth than that because we have got a job ahead of us not just with American uh, tennis players, but in training our nation's youth and uh, making making sure that in the United States of America, everybody is willing to stand up, speak out, and we have our rights, our First Amendment rights, to say what needs to be said, stay, address issues, not people. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. Anyhow, with that... Edmund Burke said, all that it takes for evil to prosper is for good men, good people to do nothing. And uh, we sure want to be in that category that tries to do something. And our mission is to try to help America, American tennis be great, stay great, and to be the best teaching tool that your youngsters could ever have. So um, I've got Coach Terry Dermer on the line right now. Terry, are you there? You got it? Yes, Chuck. Yeah, Chuck, good to talk to you, Chuck. Thanks a lot, man. And, and it's yeah. good. I just, uh, this Coach Terry Derma, folks, and Terry's been a friend for a lot of years, but I, I, I'm just going to read some bio stuff just a little bit, Terry, so they know what we've got going <laughs> right. here. But you're now 48 years in coaching, 48 years. That's that's uh, pretty Correct. good stuff. I think you have been through a bunch Um <laughs> a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and yeah. a, a lot of all those things. And, you know, when you try to figure out 48 years of coaching, you know, it's it's almost 20,000. No, 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 not quite. That's about 16,000 days. That, that's pretty good, pretty good amount of experience there. But that's mm-hmm. just in the tennis coaching, Terry. Terry started out, folks, as a uh, baseball player. At you're back at your alma mater there at Fairmont State right now, up in West right. Virginia. But um, you got into out into into tennis a little bit later. Uh, you, you know when you, <laughs> but you were always into baseball, so you had hand-eye coordination. You were an athlete and all those things. But uh, you, you've been coaching college tennis now over 25 years at University of West Virginia and then Fairmont. Folks, 
Coach Terry here, National Coach of the Year last year, number, the first National Coach of the Year at your school ever. You've received the United States Tennis Association Lifetime Service Award, and dang it, if anybody, I have picked your brain to where, I hope you've got your brains left. I've picked your brain apart so many times when I'm with you. But it's it's really fun, and, and all I'm going to say here about, I'm not going to throw too much sunshine, but Every time we played University of West Virginia when I was at Clemson in all those days, we would have battles. And But very immediately, I got great respect for Coach Terry Dermer because of the way his guys competed. Not just hard triers, but they competed. And pretty much I looked at his players and said, you know, these are guys from West Virginia and the East Coast and stuff, and yeah, I know, but they are these guys weren't exactly the highest recruits. Very much, Terry, you recruited like I did at Clemson. Right. Folks, Clemson has got a national audience, and so does West Virginia in football and probably a great regional audience in basketball. But in tennis, folks, uh, Morgantown, West Virginia, now and now in Fairmont State, they are not. That's not necessarily Atlanta or Dallas or Los Angeles or Miami, where all the hotbeds of tennis are. Chicago or anywhere that where the hotbeds of tennis are at. So we had to scrap and get the similar type of players. So Terry, with that, uh, that's your little bit of intro, and we'll we'll talk more here. But tell me about. I, I have down here. Here, here's, here's what I put. I said, for more 40 years, Coach Terry Dermer has built championship teams and helped develop young people. Today's program is an opportunity for Coach to share some meat and potato fundamentals about building and teaching young people how to chase down excellence. So with that, tell me how you built right. – tell everybody how you built great programs and uh, – you know, sort of will compare yeah. it to what's going on today and everything. So go ahead. Yeah, well, thanks, Chuck. Thanks for all the nice uh, compliments. Uh, well, uh, building a team, it's just, uh, I got into tennis late, like Chuck said, after after baseball and uh, came back to West Virginia and, and uh, started my master's, got my master's. Uh, I was planning on being a baseball coach in high school and uh, got into tennis. Uh, it was in the tennis boom in the mid seventies and, uh, got into tennis and never, you know, never got out of it. Uh, when I took over West Virginia in, in 79, we were just, a, a regional, you know, a regional team, you know, you know, good players, but, uh, regional teams didn't, didn't really play, you know, hardly any national teams. Um, I, my thinking was to, to try to build a team, in in uh, comparison to to my baseball days, you know, being a tennis, you know, being an individual sport, you know, it was a challenge to to build a team, and uh, uh, so I took a lot of baseball ideas into tennis uh, in in doing that, and my first objective was to get every every you know the top West Virginia players, tennis players, to come to West Virginia. Uh, and uh, in '79 took over. Then in uh, eight years, well, eight years, eight or nine years later, you know, we were you know 15th in the country, and uh, it was uh, it was really a, a, a great ride for these guys. And uh, uh, in building a team, Chuck, it's uh, you know it's all about. The first thing is is about caring for your players, and the players care for each other. And and uh, uh, the, the second thing is 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 having that dream, the dream of of being the best you possibly can be. And uh, and that's what our guys took. We you know the our recruiting class of Mancini and Foley and Kelly and uh, Curry, and, and and they're all West Virginia players. And uh, you know, three. They all. You know, those three guys. Uh, uh, Mancini is a little bit short, but those three guys made all American. They came from nowhere to be Brilliant. all American. And, yep. And in uh, uh, what we what we did was just really 
it was um, it was kind of us against them type of thing. Yeah, we wanted to be we wanted to show people how good we are. We wanted to beat people, and uh, I mean it just kept building and building and building. And uh, you know it took a lot of discipline, you know a lot of hard work, and uh, we had to we had to uh, get some credibility within the, the tennis elite. And uh, you know finally people started playing us. And uh, Chuck, your Clemson team was the first first top 20 team that would that would play us and uh we just kind of took it from there so uh, in building a team it's it's all about uh, it's all about caring for your players really caring for your players and hard work yeah so there's three things you pointed out here building a team in an individual sport folks tennis is an individual sport with a team opportunity this is what a quick quick thing here uh, we try to make it a team sport first. It's not. It's an individual sport that we build in a team opportunity, but that but that's huge. Uh, people accomplish more together, don't they? And and that's it. But the, I want to talk about having the dream and chasing it down too a little bit, and then the Tennessee lead, of course. All right, folks, this is my chance to gang up. I usually say, look, if you're from the Ivy League up there, close your ears or something and cover your ears. I'm not going to mock you or anything like that, but the Ivy League up there, wow. So West Virginia was in that East Coast region, region what we used to call Region 1. And all I can remember, (laughs) it was so much fun to see that apple cart Turned over Ivy League guys up there. Hey, I'm. Uh, uh, I, I'm well, okay. You can call me. Call me if you want to have this talk. <laughs> but I've always said Ivy League has a mentality of it's all right to be smarter than your hound dog. You don't want to have to outrun them. <laughs> you know. So in other words, white collar thinking, white collar work ethic. All right. And I, I'm not saying you have to have blue collar work ethic, blue collar thinking, but I think Terry, you had, you had with West Virginia's teams had white collar mentality, but they had blue collar work ethic. Do you think that's fair to say yeah. that? Yeah. And no, oh my good. gosh, did, did oh did did you hear the com- oh my golly, I never heard heard so much complaining at some of those ITA meetings I used to go to. Is about West Virginia. Oh, they hated. They changed the rules. They tried to change the rule about five times. All right, I'm going to stop being a stir well, stick. My friend called me a now, stir paddle the other day. I'm, but go ahead, Terry. You want to talk well, about the, that the, first? No, that was uh, that was a big challenge. Uh, we were in the East Region, and uh, uh, I just remember uh, it was probably in I don't know '85 or '86 was uh our one of our first players to to beat a, uh you know a, uh an Ivy League a Harvard player in in a tournament in a fall tournament first time we ever beat an Ivy League player uh so that was that was the start and um uh our goal of course was to be the number one team in the east and number one you know, you know team in that eastern region yep. yeah yeah yep. we did that and and we got the reason respect of the Ivy Leagues and uh, you know they're all you know of course they're all close friends Chuck but we we uh we love to I, know. <laughs> we I love know to I know I <laughs> know uh, <laughs> but uh it was uh it was a driving force for for our team to uh to uh to show what we could do and when I say us against them it's, we didn't have very much Chuck we didn't have you know you know our indoor facility was two courts uh, uh, outdoor courts was just ten courts in a row. Uh, we called it our. We tried to divide it up. We called it our fake facility, and we didn't play a home match until uh, like the third week in March. You know, starting in January. Uh, our guys, uh, you know, we 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 took the mentality. We loved it. We loved to go in and, and uh, show people what we could do with a little bit of nothing. And uh, I mean that was that was a, a driving force, and uh, these guys did it. And they did it, and uh, we're kind of doing the kind of same thing at Fairmont, yeah. You know, now, yeah, you know, it's uh, that's what happened last year, and, and uh, we're just we're just kind of uh, kind of showing people what we can do, and uh, and and that dream, 
that dream is a is a big driving force. And uh, but be playing the Ivy Leagues and and actually getting them to come to Morgantown, I mean that was <laughs> that was unbelievable that they finally would start coming to Morgantown to play. Well, uh, they they and, had uh, to they had to because you right. were beating them on their own turf, and <clears throat> that, that was pretty good stuff. But before I go any further. One of the players that I, I wanted to go as long as you wanted to on this, uh, one of your top players there that uh, what a good competitor just has passed away. Do you want to you want to talk about him a second before yeah, we get? Yeah, I, I, I really <clears throat> want to say uh, you know, uh, a lot about uh, Joby. Uh, Joby Foley uh, was you know probably the the greatest player ever to play at West Virginia. Uh, he had sudden uh, sudden heart failure and uh, just didn't didn't make it through, and we're just so sad. And the whole Mountaineer family is uh, it's just sad about his passing. And, but Joby's career was uh, unbelievable. You know, he was uh, elected and the uh, only tennis player in, into the West Virginia Hall of Fame, uh, and uh, uh, his career was uh, he came from uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, and he blended in really good with our West Virginia players, and, and he kept kept getting better and better. And his, his he's three time All American in singles and doubles, and you know, got as high as eight in the country. And and um, uh, you know wasn't a big guy, you know, you know just some average average build, not very tall, but you know great fundamentals, great strokes. Great, great competitor. Um, probably the best thing about Joby, if you got it, if you got ahead of you in the match, uh, yeah. the match is over. He was, he had that killer instinct. But um, Joby was uh, was the heart of our teams, and it's uh, we're all we're all just so sad to, to see his passing. We were able to to uh, we had a reunion uh, in October. Uh, and uh, the guys were able. We were able to. He, Joby came. We were able to spend some, spend time with him. And it's just uh, it's just hard to lose one of your players. But uh, Joby was was a great friend, great student, and great tennis player. So. What what did you do? Like, okay, you talk about Joby. Just such a good competitor, great competitor. First of all, did you have to beat out a lot of teams to get him to go to West Virginia, or did you? Uh, was he just a meat and potatoes kid that wanted what you had? And then, what made him such a now, great competitor? Yeah, he uh, he was recruited. He was, I think, he was around you know 60 in the country in the 18th. Uh, uh, he was recruited by the Southern schools, you know, by by Georgia. Uh, you know, the South Carolina the schools down in there. Uh, uh, the thing that we got him uh, with West Virginia is that, you know, the job, you come to West Virginia, you're going to have a chance to play the top players in the country and a chance to play, you know, two or one and chance to go to the NCAA tournament. You know, if you go to, to you know, a school like Georgia, you might be stuck more at the bottom and you know, maybe not even get to play. You know, so, but uh, so that was a driving uh, influence for him coming to West Virginia, the opportunity to play uh, top players in the country and top top teams. Uh, his competitive spirit was uh, was really great. His uh, uh, his father is a military family. You know, he's disciplined, you know, hardworking. Uh, again, that fire of not not wanting to lose. I mean, that's hard to it's hard to teach that. Yeah, the kids. Uh, most of the good players have it. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, like I say, Joby was. You got to have you. Yeah, the matches. The matches over. So. I've always told players, <clears throat> you. You have to hate losing, but you can't be afraid of it. You know, and and right. uh, it's a fine balance. There are those competitors. There's a. And, and parents out there, youngsters, if you're listening to this, look, competing is much different than being a fighter. Fight fighter is different than a competitor. You know, everybody can fight hard. You know, Coach Randy Blumendahl, uh, th- that's one of his quotes, and, and I think it's right on the button. But 
you, you, you again building a team in an individual sport. So you got these guys together and just explain, okay, their first week, their first month, what you were trying to accomplish. What what type of things did you do to bond these guys? Well, the, as you know, Chuck, you know the you know the 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 conditioning part of tennis is very important, and uh, that's something we really stress stress a lot. And I got a lot of it. I got it from you. I got it from Clemson. Uh, we want to be in the best shape we possibly could be. You know, better shape than our other teams. Uh, we would spend. I hate jump in there now, of, and I, I you, you open the door. <laughs> But well, with no ads, <laughs> with no ad scoring and tiebreakers for the third set, it's been a long, long time since I saw somebody cramp on the tennis court. We got we got to play a, recently, and a, a couple of the other guys went down in cramps. But uh, and, and we had a one time we had a player, actually he's an assistant now up at Clemson, who is just a competitor. He made eleven players cramp one year. <laughs> <laughs> we with with oh, regular yeah. score, you know. I mean, you know, and but uh, fitness now is sort of is it needed? <laughs> and they do all this silly thing. Anyhow, I'm going to get off that. Go uh, ahead, no. go back. Building building excellence uh, with conditioning. Yeah, the, so conditioning, right? Yeah, the conditioning, the bonding of of uh, really the hard work and conditioning. We would uh, <clears throat> we would do uh, the running in the morning. You know, you know six o'clock in the morning. Uh, before class, and uh, uh, yeah, all kinds of running. You know the you know the, the, the anaerobic, you know the aerobic exercises. We uh, uh, we would run the uh, the in the coliseum, the, the stairs in the coliseum, uh, and we would run the hills in, in Morgantown, you know, which is <laughs> they're pretty steep. Yeah, so that was uh, uh, a pretty good workout and. Uh, uh, it just uh, the, the the building the team through the through the, the conditioning is, is is big plus. They all push each other, and uh, and then we go from there to the tennis courts, and uh, you know it just it just like I say just caring for each other, you know helping each other. One thing we had with the team is uh, you know I'm sure you were the same way. Uh, uh, if we had any problems on the team, I didn't really have to handle it. The team themselves would handle any, you know, you know, most of the, any type of problem, team problems that came up with the players. I really didn't have to do much of anything. They would, they would take care of it itself. You know, and that's why. Why yeah, do you think that that's was? Important. That's an important point. Why? Why do you think that was? Where that ninety percent of the team that doesn't happen. The coach has to be too much of a policeman. Why do you think your right. team policed itself? Well, I think it's it's uh, one the personalities of the team, you know the 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 caring for the team, you know like you know, you know not wanting a team to be you know, to implode, you know and uh, uh, you know the the team wanting to 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 really be you know to be excellent and be good and and uh, you know they didn't want one person to to upset it, you know and. and uh, uh, they would take care of it. They would take care of it. They come in and say, "Coach, we're, you know, we got this, you know, whatever issue it was, and we're going to handle it." Yeah, you know? and they did, and, and they did, and it just made our team stronger. Uh, and I think it helps too if if someone's having a problem and they're getting they're getting help from their teammates, you know, to correct it. It's it's from the peers. I think it's more, you know, more effective than coming from the from a coach so. without a doubt it's the, part of it and you uh, you you'd mentioned this but the respect they gain from each other through sweating with a group of people the more you sweat the harder you harder you work harder to surrender we always all know that but when you sweat side by side with a group of people I think that was and I, I could right. jump around here but when we had the COVID thing a couple years ago People stay six of it apart, apart. It was cliches and facts. Nobody was able to bond. I started a men's group called the Sub Stand Up Brotherhood. We we had nine guys come last month's meeting. It's been two and a half years. We're still meeting. Stand Up Brotherhood. You know, we stand up for our, right. 
Christ or, or God. We stand up for our family. We stand up for our community. We stand up for our country. The Stand Up Brotherhood. If anybody wants to start that out there, y'all go ahead, because that's what we're supposed to do. But when you do that with a team, when you when you stand up for each other, when you sweat side by side, that's when you gain respect for each other, no matter whether they were uh, friends or not before. Is that correct? I mean, am I hitting oh, it? Yeah, no, it's yeah, no, definitely, <clears throat> definitely. That would build over to into our matches. You know, uh, you know the players when you're you're playing side by side to your your teammates, you know, and and that that fighting together and and uh, uh, if someone's uh, having trouble, whatever, and and uh, you know, just uh, a couple encouraging words, you know, you know, to, to the guy next to you, you know, but you know, knowing the guys next to your right and left and all the way down the line are are fighting hard for each other, and uh, and really, it's it's, it's it comes down. To you're not you don't want to let your teammates down. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna try to fight as hard as you can. Yeah. So, and that was a big. Did you learn that from baseball? Did, did you learn that from baseball, Terry? I mean, do you do you feel like you got those principles from baseball or? Well, I think a, a lot of it was from baseball. Uh, I mean, I uh, uh, I grew up. Uh, my dad was a. Uh, Back then, he called me semi-pro, and uh, I mean, I was in the dugout since I was, you know, six years old. You know, being around, uh, you know, being around teams, you know, you know, seeing what they had to do. I mean, this is back in the, you know, late 50s, 50s, and 60s. You know, but uh, uh, but baseball, it's kind of a little bit like tennis. It's it's a team sport, of course, but there are individuals. I mean, you pitcher against a hitter. And, and fielding the balls, you, know, you still have to work together, but it's it's a lot individual too. You know, but and uh, you got to lose a lot. <laughs> you got to lose a right. lot too. Right, right. I think baseball. Right. What, what they exactly. say: if you're successful one third of the time, you're you're an all star. Baseball. Right. Yeah, you're <laughs> in the Hall of Fame. You got Hall of Fame. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, but uh, uh, I mean, it's. Uh, it was building the team was, was very special. And, and uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I want to say too about the team at Fairmont, Chuck. I mean, we're, we're doing the same thing, same thing, you know, that we did in the past. I mean, these guys are, we're division two, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very competitive. And, uh, and, and what we accomplished, you know, almost out of nowhere last year was, was was magical and and uh, you know, these guys are are very similar, you know, very similar to the West Virginia team. Okay, so let's let let's go there. Okay, so you've been able to do that in five years. Okay, so the obstacles you've had in trying to do that. Uh, okay, here's where I want to lead. You've got having a dream. And then fighting against the tennis elite, having having the dream and kids, getting the kids focused on a dream, in all, all this. Okay, so so right. talk about talk about the uh, your process of what you had to start with. What what has been some of your obstacles too? Well, the, at Fairmont, the, the biggest obstacles. Uh, you know, we don't have that much scholarship. You know, scholarship is is very low compared to the, you know, a lot, a lot of Division twos out there, at, uh, especially at the highly ranked teams, are fully funded. You know, and uh, uh, I mean, we have one scholarship to give out. You know, and uh, and the other thing is is the facilities. You know, we we go to Morgantown to practice indoors. You know, and uh, uh, it's, it's kind of like we had to do at West Virginia. You know, it's, it's us against them. Uh, recruiting was tough. Uh, you know, we uh, I know we probably want to mention. You know, you, you, I, I listened to the show, uh, uh, your last show about uh, international players. And we do have a we have a mixture of international and West Virginia players on our team, uh, and. Uh, uh, we're building the same thing. I mean, these the West Virginia players are, are teaching the international players. The international players are are sharing their experiences with the West Virginia players. Yeah, so it's it's um, 
recruiting is hard. It's difficult. Yeah, but we're yeah we're we're managing. Okay, so uh, here's what I hear. A couple things here, and and you parents out there, this this is bad news, but good news. Okay, the bad news in 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 West Virginia, you might be one of the only uh, teams left that has a men's tennis team. I don't think uh, I know that West Virginia has dropped their men's tennis team. Wow, that's right. a, that's a, after all of the history and the heritage there. Uh, let's see who else do you have? Um, and, but they the, the drop Marshall doesn't have yeah it. Marshall Marshall yeah they don't have a men's tennis team. I mean my right. golly that's in Charleston right up in Charleston and and uh, Huntington, uh, okay so Huntington. Huntington sorry sorry then you've got also you look at like you know Maryland University of Maryland doesn't have men's tennis team. All right look at right. look at towns look at like Arkansas. Arkansas, they only have a few the, after the University of Arkansas. That's, that's basically it. So I'm going a lot to these, state, these states and trying to recruit where they've dumped the men's tennis. Kansas, Kansas, Kansas State. Holy Toledo, what's going on here? So anyhow, here's, here's my point. When I talk to coaches about the you know international students, and again, the disclaimer, that for sure, none of us are against international Students, but what we are against is that they take up every seat in the every seat on the team. In other words, there's a lot of teams. It's 80% now international students, and the point is is that Americans should probably would it be fair to say if American kids, especially at state universities, should have 50% of the seats? Well, of course, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. However. Most here's what I'm getting at. Most coaches tell me, well, the top kids in our state wanted to go to this big Power Five conference, and then they're number ten on the team, and then they quit and join the tennis club team. The, the international kids are just hungrier to play. Uh, well, are they? You know, and but here's the point. I, I think you're going to get a lot of traction because. In your state, there are those kids. You're getting kids who are maybe maybe uh, an Ivy League second liner or a, a Big Ten second liner kid that they don't quite want, and they want to go to college too and play, right? So what are you doing right. there? Right. Well, we're we've been fortunate to 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 recruit our West Virginia players. Our top players in West Virginia have have come to Fairmont. Uh, and, uh, let's see, uh, we have, we have four, I have the girls now too. We have four, four guys and four girls from West Virginia. Uh, good for you. Good uh, for you. Two of the guys, two of the guys are starting two West Virginia guys start in the top six. Uh, and, uh, the other ones are playing some doubles. I mean, they're, they're getting to play. Um, the problem we have, Chuck, is we're, we haven't been able to attract the kids from uh, from Maryland, you know, from Virginia, those uh, surrounding states. Um, the biggest problem I, I see, Chuck, is that uh, the uh, uh, again, uh, people might not want to hear this, but I don't think the USCA is helping is helping very much. Uh, uh, probably ninety. I don't know, 95% or higher of the junior players have never seen, uh, I know they've never seen, probably never seen a, a Division Two match. Maybe some of them have seen a Division One match, but they don't know. The kids don't know. They don't know how good Fairmont is. They, 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 don't, they have no idea. Yeah. And uh, the, the teaching pros and the USTA, I think need to do a better job of, of getting information out to the kids. You know, I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Well, well, there's a little bit of a here, – here's something, too, and I'm going to be straightforward, folks, listening out there. A lot of our American kids – I'm not saying all of them, but I'd say a large degree – basically parents and kids pedigree shop. In other words, I experienced this before when I worked in an area where the pedigree shopping was – People would pay, pay big amounts of money for their kids to go to the right kindergartens, you know, just the pedigree shop, you know, and, it, and, and it's not that 
or maybe they do have the best education, or maybe, but the kids go through their tennis career, and if they, if you don't really fall in love with tennis, youngsters out there, if you don't really fall in love with tennis, you're going to, people try to get work on their brand, which I hate. Two weeks ago, we talked about a lot about the analytics, but I can't stand this thing. You've got to build your brand. With social media, they're trying to, kids are trying to do this all the time. Do they care about their education? Well, they'd rather have a good brand, go to the right school or something like this. Basically, there are hundreds of schools out there where you can get a great education. You can play on the tennis team. You can play on a sports team. You can be very involved in the student body, and you get a tremendous education. Okay, But I think America is into pedigree shopping. Uh, we do it with our entertainment industry, with the promoters, the marketing people. And it's disgusting how this NIL thing and all that stuff is being worked now where kids are working on their so-called brand. So it, it's, right. it's awful. I talk to my players all the time. Would you rather have earn respect or just popularity? Which one do you really want in the end? Do you want people's respect takes for years to develop? You know, but right. I, that's part of it, Terry. But I'd, I'd hang in there and try to do it there's yeah. those kids are out there those kids are out there that are hungry and want want just a shot at playing collegiate tennis i agree right. I, I agree so right. but okay right. let me ask you this is a big part of the program and we're doing good we've got a good 20 minutes or so here left but chasing down a dream chasing down excellence could, would you talk about that a little bit and, and what you're seeing about today's youngsters versus youngsters 40 years ago that you coached to excellence 30, 40 years ago? Well, I think, uh, Chuck, uh, of course, the, the biggest thing uh, from the, in the past, you know, now it's, it's the information out there, all the information that uh, everyone ah. is, is uh, <laughs> able to get, you know, uh, back at West Virginia, uh, of course, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't any cell phones, you know, the computer was just starting, you know, so, so the, the, the drive was really from within, you know, and, uh, the help was from each other. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, one of my, uh, stories, as you know, is, uh, uh, Back in the old days, when in the van trips, you know, we, you know, the players would talk to each other. <laughs> We'd have conversations about everything, sports, politics, religion, everything, in on the trips. Yeah, uh, and and as soon as the uh, uh, the headphones and the and of course the cell phones came along, you know, the players stopped talking. Yeah, you know, they're always on the on their device. Yeah, but uh, but. You know, today, uh, uh, you know, trying to, you know, trying to live within, within the kids are different now, as you know. I mean, you, you can't, you know, you got you to gotta be, you treat them a little bit, you know, differently. Well, uh, can I jump but, in there? Uh, you, you're right, yeah. the end product is different, but I think people are wired the same, but the stimulus is different. We're, they're right. baiting the kids. And folks, if you haven't seen it, Parents out there, that that the movie it was called the Social Dilemma. It was about how the, the cell phones they hire people just to get us hooked on cell phones and and everything. Just they try to figure all that out. And it, it was it was mind boggling. But if you watch that, Terry and anybody out there listening, yeah. it's 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 frightening how they are. They're training us like daggone laboratory rats. They they really are. My belief is right. they figured out they can't get, well, I don't know with artificial intelligence now, but robots to be like people, so they're getting people to act like robots or machines, you know. They've got they've, right. they've succeeded maybe in both of it, you know. But right. I, I believe that people are the same. They're wired the same. Everybody wants recognition. But everybody wants to feel that feeling of working and sweating for a great, a great common goal. And go ahead and talk, Terry. I'm, I'm right. looking at a book no, right I, here. I wanted a Vince Lombardi quote here I was going to get. Keep walking. Keep talking. Yeah. Now, with building the, 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 the dream, you know, that's, uh, 
uh, I mean, any sport, any team, uh, you're, you know, you you have that goal that you're that you're shooting for, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, some players might think it's impossible, but it's you know, the dreams are not possible. But through hard work and the dedication and uh, uh, and and everything that you put into it, you can accomplish it, accomplish those dreams. And uh, through the team, you know, the, uh, the individually, you know, you, you know, you can have your own stuff, but the team, the team goal is, is the most important, you know, and that driving force uh, out there is, is what's going to, is going to make you successful. And, and last year at Fairmont, you know, we were, you know, we came from nowhere, you know, nowhere to, to win the conference, to uh, to win the regional, and to go to the final 16 uh, in the country. How did you and, keep and, the uh, analytics? How did you keep the an- <laughs> analytics off of the kids to where they didn't look up the UTRs and stuff? Yeah, we we uh, we just don't talk about it. Uh, we just we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it, and they and and they know yeah, that's it's not that important. Yeah, because. Uh, uh, you know, once you, as you know, once you start looking at that stuff, you're you're perceiving what what might happen. You know, and, and, right. Uh, yeah, but they do uh, this. I so, think I the program two weeks ago we had folks. We had a program about the analytics and the paralysis by analysis. And uh, right. you know, Terry, I've always believed that you keep fog on top of the mountain till the kids are too high up to turn back. How did you keep fog right. on top of the mountain? Where your guys were not—they weren't supposed to win—but they defied the odds, defied the UTR, and they found a way to win the championship. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's—it's uh, it's just believing, Chuck. I mean, it's uh, as, as uh, believing that that you can do it, you know. And, and through the year, through the matches that they go on through the year, that's building up towards the conference uh, championship, building up to the to the regionals. Um, that belief that you can do it. I mean, if you don't have that belief, then you you you, you can't do it. Uh, and uh, you know, once you once you you know get your foot in the door, you know, and it just it just really it spreads like wildfire. I mean, you know, you know, one guy believes it, another guy believes it, another guy believes it. Before long, the whole team is there, and 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 you know, you got you got it. You got the match. You got the championships you know it's uh it's 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 believing in yourself and believing in the team uh and a lot of it is as as you know is it's preparation preparation and 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 building to to uh to those moments building a team together though too and all of the pitfalls that you have usually you know there's several things here that are popping out but i've always believed you know and then coaches out there are teachers. And if you've got a willful child out there, too, I heard a long time ago, you mold the will, never break the spirit, because, because, before, because with the best competitors often comes defiance before compliance. Would you say so, Terry, that some of your toughest people ended up being your best that you've coached? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. The yeah the 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 better players yeah, the, are 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 driven. They're driven to that to to that excellence, and uh, you have to you know you, you sometimes you got you got to bring them in. You got to you got to call them in. You got <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, a tough one. Uh, okay, I got right. Can I tell you a quick? Can I tell you a quick story here? I didn't want to interrupt you, so, folks. I'm sorry. My mind's just racing here. The one, the best kid I've ever coached since I've been here at, at the Citadel, which a place I just love. I mean, I just love because what happens. So, a kid, the bet one of the best kids I ever coached is now he's going to be a brain surgeon. Okay, but oh my gosh, what a handful! Fred, first two years, the end of his sophomore year, Terry, we're out on the court. Okay, folks, understand this: we're out on the court and it's getting tough. He comes up and get in my face and yells like, "I can't stand this!" Da 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 da. Okay, I'm not going to curse. <laughs> right. He said, "I'm tired of this, coach. This is a bunch of horse." Da 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 da. And I said, "Go on into my office. 
Just go on into my office. I've always heard you criticize in private. You praise in public, criticize in private. That was an old – the guy I worked for, Coach Bill Branch, back in t- Tennessee Tech years ago told me that. He said, send them into the office when they do that. And then the rest of the team think, oh, boy, he's really getting it. So, Terry, yeah. I brought him in here, and I said to him, first of all, I wanted to thank you. He go, huh, huh? And I go, no, I, you know, you only hurt the people you love, and you knew that I know you and care about you enough now that I'll forgive you, maybe. <laughs> I'll forgive you. Right. You would have never talked that way to a stranger. I mean, think of the way the kids talk to their parents and stuff. But they do that. You only hurt the ones because you know they're forgiven. So, I, first of all, I'd like to thank you. However, <laughs> I yeah. said, in this office, you can say anything you want to me, but out there on the court, it is chain of command, and I have got to run that show. Therefore, I've got you're going to be disciplined here, and I think I cut him out of practice three days or something like that. And if that happens again, I'm going to have to do it again to you. Do you understand? And then I want to. I said, son, I want to mold your will. I will never break that spirit because you got championship stuff running in your blood. You just got to hold on to that right steering wheel here, you know. And <laughs> but you had that. You sort of had a. Right. Jovi was a little bit like that, wasn't he? So, Paul yeah, Mancini. No, I want you to talk about Paul Mancini yeah. here a little bit. But go ahead, go ahead, coach. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, I was going to say Jovi was uh, yeah, very much like that. Yeah, yeah. He he, he had uh, yeah, he had that drive, but he was yeah, sometimes he would uh, you know he kind of go off the handle, and, and uh, you know, again you had to you had to bring him in because as you as you know, I mean the other. Uh, players are watching. They're watching what's going on. And, yeah. And, uh, um, so, but but uh, you know, you know, Joby was, you know, he, of course, he had to be disciplined, but he ended up being, you know, doing great things. You know, and, and, and the bottom line, as as you know, and coaches know that when when kids are out of school and they come back and they and and they and they're talking, they always say. Yeah, you know, coach. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for what you did to me. Thanks for thanks for thanks for not me. throwing I mean, me off I'd the team so too. <laughs> right, right, right. I've had that so, one before. Uh, I I had a coach. One my college coach took me to the bus station. <laughs> one time the coach the coach uh he I don't know what what I I, I do remember. I, I'm I, that's too long of a story to tell. But he got me. He said, "Pack your bag," and we just had a duffel bag back then. He said, get in there, right. and he drove me down to the bus station, and I'm just, oh, my God, during the Vietnam War, and I'd blown my chance. And we got down there, and he said, one more chance. I said, yeah, yeah, Coach, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, the point is you thank God, thank goodness, thank God for those right. co- those coaches that were stern, but they tried to mold the will, but do, don't break the spirit. Right. USTA guys exactly. out there, you guys, referees and stuff, I think we're breaking down the kids' spirits. We have a bunch of nice little kids out there. I went to a baseball game, one of my son's baseball games, Terry, a couple years back. Yeah. And it was it was really competitive and parents yelling in the stands and kids giving high fives and chest butts and everything. Then I went out to out here to, uh, you know, one of the tournaments we had, and I go, it was like medication time. Hello, I was right. expecting Nurse Ratchet to come running around and saying, "Have hey, the kids had their pills?" I mean, it was just right. disgusting. I go, "Holy cow! We've taken all the passion out. We're so afraid of kids going over the top." But you cannot make a champion out of somebody who doesn't have a little bit of fire in the belly. You know, I mean, right. it's. Exactly. Uh, Right. You know, you know, you can't make a champion out of people that just don't care enough. And I I think that's where we're missing it, Terry. I think with USA, we've we we've creating a uh rec model. A lot of the stuff the no ad scoring, the abbreviated scoring, we don't want our kids to get hot, too hot on the court and stuff. We're going, "Whoa, wait a minute. This ain't what we see with that 
uh, Medvedev and uh, Sinner match. We didn't see that. We saw five hours of blood, sweat, and tears, huh? You know, right. And, exactly. Exactly. And we're not. Our kids don't even play at third sets anymore. It's just. It's just awful. And I found a quote yeah. here for your team. I found a quote. This is a Vince yeah. Lombardi quote, folks. No right. prize won for self can compare to the great feeling of accomplishment and pride that's shared in victory among those who've suffered side by side for a common cause. Is that good or what? Right. Exactly. Yeah, so, perfect. 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 <laughs> perfect. And, uh, you know, so uh, anyhow, look, I want to talk a little bit about, we've got a little bit of time here. Paul Mancini. Yeah. Okay, folks, right. we're at Georgia, University of Georgia, <clears throat> 3,000 seats there. I packed house. First round NCAA tournament, University of Georgia, and this little bitty guy, five, how tall was Paul? Five eight? (laughs) Five eight? Oh my gosh, was he a tough out? A tough out playing the number two seed, a kid from Pepperdine, I believe, that was seeded number two at the NCAA. This kid was like 150 in the world on the ATP tour. Okay? And. From ball one, it was a war. Hey, folks, wait a minute. We played traditional scoring. We didn't play. We didn't play this. Uh, what do they call this? Uh, uh, sing kumbaya and stay friends here. You know. Uh, <laughs> you know we're all friends still, aren't we? Let's play this no ad. Hey, how about a tiebreaker for the third set so nobody gets too hot? Play two out of three right. tough sets. <clears throat> So can you talk about Paul and what it was that made him so, so tough? He he never gave in, did he? I mean, he was the toughest yeah. out on the East Coast. Uh, yeah, Paul was, uh, uh, again, he was the same same classes as uh, Joby, and uh, they came in together, and they, they really, they really you know, kind of drove each other. Uh, and... Uh, uh, Paul came from you know, West Virginia, from Parkersburg, West Virginia. Um, Where's Parkersburg, uh, yeah, West Virginia? Where's that? Where is it? It yeah. is uh, close to Ohio, down close to us on the river. Okay, well, that, uh, that that tells us anywhere within about 150 miles. So <laughs> where did he where did, who, who helped him? Where did he learn how to play tennis and, and get tough well, like that? Well, the, the, <clears throat> the pros there in Parkersburg, they had, they had some some good teaching pros there. And uh, when Paul was in high school, he would come to my tennis camp at West Virginia. And um, so I got to, got to know him, got to, uh, you know, of course, meet his family. And, and uh, he would come to tournaments around West Virginia. And uh, he, he just, uh, uh, he never, <laughs> he never went to any academy. He never, never just, just uh, the pros and, and myself of West Virginia, and uh, he he had this drive, Chuck, of of, uh, of wanting to be the best and and just never never giving in, never giving in, never you know the the, the drive to win. I mean, again, it's something that's hard to, it's hard to teach. Uh, he had it. Uh, he had a game where uh, he would just grind it from the baseline. Yeah, you know, he'd make the other player hit, you know, thousand balls, you know, and uh and and he just kept getting better and better and better. And and uh, is we kept working on his, his uh serve, his his his, his volley game and you know, but his baseline game was his strength and uh he was just driving you into the ground. He just driving you into the ground. You know, and that 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 will to, to be the best. I mean that was that just filter down through our whole team. Uh, Okay. Now, the question I have here, and I got enough time to discuss it, I hope well here. I'm going to do my best, folks. Um, Yeah. So if you had the modern-day analytics, UTR, your UTR is um, this and this and this. Uh, And by the way, the team you're playing today, their UTR is a little bit better than yours, guys, but – don't don't do you know? Don't get discouraged here today. Do you really think you would have been able to coach the same way? Do you think you these kids would have come up? No, don't no, not these kids. No. You no, think these, they would have still these, come up? Oh yeah, they. I mean, 
they didn't need the UTR. They didn't need the rankings. I mean, they just they just wanted to beat people, and that's what it comes down to. You know, wanting to yeah. wanting to win, wanting to beat people. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what your ranking is. You know, cause we always face so. You know, I keep rank higher. I keep a, a quote that, <clears throat> as far as coaching and teaching, you never tell kids how hard things are at the start. <clears throat> you keep fog on top of the mountain till they're too high up to turn back. I've had a, my best friend growing up at the little park I had in Indianapolis, <clears throat> Lester Brown, if you're listening ever. He had a coach in high school. He didn't start playing until he was 14 years old. <clears throat> His very first year he played, he had brilliant hand-eye coordination, very fast, didn't miss balls, didn't check out. Well, there was a <clears throat> group of players from the other side of town, the other side of the tracks, the other side of town. Uh, I'm going to do this set, this, set the table so you understand. Well, they had a kid who was the best player in the state there who was a senior, <clears throat> And the coach, his coach, I think was named Dallas Kelsey, Dallas Kelsey, I think, something. But he was a basketball coach, too, I think. So Lester would be, he'd play a match, and in the paper they'd put the results of a high school match. And I remember him saying, hey, my coach said, I beat this guy 6-1, and this other guy only beat him 6-3, 6-3. And then he would show him right. another thing, his coach would feed him, hey, look, you beat this guy 6-3, 6-3, and this guy won three sets with him. And so it came time for the city championship, and I never will forget this. Now, I'm a 15, 14, 15-year-old kid looking at him, and I go, he can't beat this guy. He beat the kid 6-2, 6-3 in straight sets and won the city championship as a freshman, ended up being a state champion. It wouldn't have been for Lester. I would have never gotten to go to college because he right. gave a recommendation to the coach. Later, where he got to go to Tennessee Tech. And anyhow, the bottom line on the thing, became a great friend. But I go, whoa. Now, Terry, and I remember the best three wins I ever got in my life. I didn't know I didn't know they were players that were that good when I played them. I didn't know anything about right. them. Terry, nowadays, right. we rank kids every two weeks. We got UTRs, WTNs. We got local rankings, how good you are on the block, how good you are in the city. It's all this computerization, and it's nonsense. All it does, it feeds the people who have computers and to make them think they're organized, but we're doing so much harm. We're doing so much harm for kids. They'll eventually learn where they're at, but, boy, we sure do stunt those dreams. Your thoughts real quick. Yeah, yeah, you got – once you, of course, you know, you get out on the court, you know, Rankings are over. I mean, you're 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 it's 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 you against them, and uh, uh, the the drive for excellence to 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 to, to beat the player, whoever it is on the other side. Uh, you know, you you do what you got to do. You know, and the rankings rankings you know don't mean anything. You know, the, lots of times the players you know they don't know how good they are. They don't know how good they are, and, and they they see that they're they can be successful. And uh, I mean, it's 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 a long process, but it's uh, uh I mean, it's just it's just you just got to get out there and play. The rankings, unfortunately, the rankings, uh, you know, like you say, they're all looking at it. They're all they're all you know give you your your. Uh, Success by the rankings, but it's in the bottom line is it's, it's how you do on the court. Uh, without without a doubt, and and we need to pay attention to the. We always say trust your training, trust your training, trust you know your gut here. Competing is different than just being a hard trier. You've got to compete. And right. Terry, uh, you've given right. us lots and lots of wisdom. Um, do you have any last thoughts here? We got to shut it down here in a second, in a few <laughs> minutes, in a minute or so. No, I I just want uh, to appreciate the opportunity to to talk with you, Chuck. Uh, it's always good to talk, but uh, I, I think the biggest thing is is uh, like you said is, is for players to uh, to have that dream, have that dream to to uh, to be uh, successful, to do to achieve what they don't think they could ever achieve, uh, and it can be done. It's being done, and not just uh, our team, our sport, but 
all all the sports, you know, throughout the country, throughout the world, you know. But but having that dream to to to, to be successful and, and be and accomplish that dream, you know, it can be it can be done. You know, you can't you know you, can, you know, as you say, you can't check out. <laughs> you got to you got to be in there and, and have you know, live that opportunity. So. It couldn't be said uh, and that better. Builds over, <clears throat> that builds over over into your uh, after your playing career is over into your your uh, business life. You know, same same principles. You know, in your in your work. So, so I can't wait to spend a day or two with you, or to have a meal, or just to talk on the phone. You're one of the right. most respected men out there, and and somebody I've respected my whole career. And God bless you, Terry. Thanks very much yep. and continued success. And uh, let's stay the course, huh? Okay. I uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it, Chuck. And uh, success right. to you too and, uh, and your team. Thank you very much. Thanks, Okay, Chuck. folks, we want to remind right. you you're in the process right. of winning or losing every day of your life, and it has very little to do with a win or a loss. And God bless America and God bless American tennis. Come.